Our violent hearts are like hungry bears. It's on the prowl, looking for something to satisfy itself. And if we feed it, it's going to come back for more. It's going to start breaking stuff. All right, so this is the fifth week uh, in the book of Ephesians, and we've got two more left after today. I'll be back again next week, uh, but the week after that, Miss Nikki Sutphin's going to be up here on stage talking about the armor of God in Ephesians 6, and I'm so excited for that. But back in the first week uh, of our series here, I told you the central question in this text is about how do we, the church, live? Right here, right now. Yeah, both individually and corporately. That's a long, multiple common sentence. So we just, we'll shorten it this way. How do we church? Yeah, how do we church? So Paul spent the first three chapters of this letter uh, telling the narrative of what God has done. And revealing the mystery of the gospel. I asked you in in the first week, do you know what the mystery of the gospel is? Do we know yet? Here it is. You ready? It's for everyone. That's the mystery of the gospel. And it's for everyone. But then in chapter 4, there's this transition toward us and what we are to do. And he's finally begun to answer that question. Well, how do we church? In verse 1 of this chapter... For uh, chapter 4, Paul begs the Ephesians to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called. How should we live? In short, in a manner worthy of the calling we have received. The rest of chapter 4 and beyond begins to unpack this more and more with specific instructions along the way. First off, in verses 2 through 3, he says, With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. He had just spent the first three chapters revealing the mystery of the gospel and how it's for everyone. And, And now he says, Therefore, bear with one another in love. Why? Because it's for everyone. Yeah? Because, verses 4 through 6, there is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. We have to bear with one another in love because it's for everyone. Because though we are many and different, we are one. And God is for all. Because you're all different. It's supposed to be that way. It's not going to be easy. This is where, church, all of the worst parts of who we are can be brought to the light. So that we can really begin to deal with those things and heal from those things and learn to love. Really love. So be patient. Be gentle. Strive for unity. Amen? Because if you don't, it all falls apart. If you don't, you're denying the cross of Christ. Our passage today begins in verse 25. Uh, 
with the words, so then. Remember, when you encounter words like these, so then, therefore, because of, uh, we need to be mindful of what came before, right? Simple reading comprehension. Let's take a look at that again. Uh, well, sorry, a few verses back in 22 through 24. Paul says, we were taught to take off our old self and put on our new self. And then here in verses 25 to 32, he begins to give some instructions on how to begin doing that. It says this again. So then, putting away falsehood, let us all speak the truth to our neighbors. For we are members of one another. Be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and do not make room for the devil. Thieves must give up stealing. Rather, let them labor and work honestly with their own hands so as to have something to share with the needy. Let no evil talk come out of your mouths, but only what is useful for building up as there is need so that your words may give grace to those who hear and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with which you were marked with a seal for the day of redemption. Put away from you all bitterness and wrath and anger and wrangling and slander, together with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ has forgiven you. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, and live in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Now, what word or phrase stands out to you the most in that passage? That's an actual question. I'm waiting for an answer. Fragrance, you said? That's interesting. Why? It's a weird description. Yeah? Like God is smelling it? Yeah? Yeah, so I think that's like a... Uh, yeah, I think that's like a, uh, uh, a reference to like the temple sacrifices, right? The fragrance that lifts up from the burnt offering. That's super neat. Anyone else? What stands out to you the most? Ooh, forgive as beloved children. Yeah, that's good. Children are pretty forgiving. <laughs> Some, yes. Anyone else? Cool. Well, for me, it's near the end there. It says, be imitators of God. Be imitators of God. And there again is one of those phrases telling us to look back. It says, therefore, be imitators of God. Did you know that this is the only place in the New Testament, the entire New Testament, where we are told to imitate God? The only spot. Paul often encourages Christians to imitate Christ, to imitate himself, imitate other churches. But this is the only place that he says to imitate God specifically. Yes, Christ is God, but this language is different. The only other place that comes close is in Jesus' Jesus' is, Jesus' own self in the Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew 5, 48, he says, Be perfect, therefore, as your Father in heaven is perfect. That's no small task, huh? Right before, Jesus says that uh, if you love only those who love you, what reward will you get? And here Paul says, Be imitators of God and live in love. Interesting, right? Love seems to be pretty crucial for us Jesus people. Yeah? Though you wouldn't always know when you look at us, unfortunately. But hey, we're learning. Maybe it's because we don't consider love of supreme importance. Maybe we're used to placing other things above love. Yeah? 
like beliefs or doctrines, ideologies, faith. But what if I told you that love is more important than faith, even than faith? What is your gut reaction to that? Huh? Heresy? I'll tell you, my gut reaction is to go, ooh, really? Love is more important than faith? If it makes you a tad uncomfortable, I do understand. <laughs> but consider this, 1 Corinthians 13, 11 through 13. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only in a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is, you got it, love. Whoa. Anyway, this phrase got me thinking about other imitations, imitations that we encounter in our own context. Sometimes they're good, sometimes not so much. What are some imitations that you can think of in our context? I'll get you started. Imitation crab. Who likes imitation crab? I love it. Yeah, Kristen's me. <laughs> I love it. What else we got? Imitations. Velveeta. That's a good one. Liquid gold. Banana laffy. So like flavored candies. Yeah, that's cool. Anyone else? How about imitation leather? Do what? Kristen tells me there's something called dupes. Uh, like of name brand makeup products that you can get like in the drugstore. Yeah. Uh, there's also imitations that are a bit more sinister. Yeah? Like imitation Rolex watches or Gucci bags. We have another word for those kinds of dishonest imitations, don't we? What is that word? Fake. Fake. Right? Like we know imitation crab and imitation leather aren't the real thing. Yeah? They're pretty good in their own way. Maybe. We like it for what it is. Like it's trying, right? Like pasteurized processed cheese food is not cheese, but you're still going to put it on your sandwich and enjoy it. That's American cheese. But sometimes those fakes are meant to fool you. Yeah? Or maybe they're meant to fool other people. I'm not making a moral argument as to whether you should purchase these kinds of things. It's It's... I'm, I'm talking about the intent behind the development of a thing. It may be a brilliant imitation, but someone who knows better will spot the difference. Yeah? I feel like there's a whole sermon right there. Are you an imitator or a fake? That's heavy. But man, that's such an interesting phrase, isn't it? Be imitators of God. Paul spends the first half of this, of this text talking about what God has done and the mystery of the gospel. How we were chosen for adoption. Yeah? Blessed with every spiritual blessing. Redemption. Forgiveness. How we're promised an inheritance and marked with the seal of the Holy Spirit of God. How the, the mystery was previously hidden. How this new thing that God is doing is for everyone and how 
This was his plan all along, that nobody be excluded from this thing. That's what God's done. That's what God's doing. And we're to be imitators of this God. So as we begin to dig into these bits of rules, I guess, verses 25 to 32, these instructions that they're they're sandwiched between so then and therefore, I want you to remain aware of something crucial. I don't want you to hear these as rules, okay? But as instructions, instructions toward a virtuous life, okay? Instructions. Paul isn't describing rules here. He's describing a way of life, a way of life that imitates God. So with that in mind, understand that these things are aspirational, right? Something to strive for, something to work towards. I know that we evangelical types like to get our feathers ruffled about preaching works. And if that's you, I'll encourage you to pay attention. We're taught to put off the old self and put on the new. That's something you do. (laughs) And then we're given some ways to do that. Again, something that you do. All the way through this passage, there is something for us to do. I'll remind you again of one of my favorite Dallas Willard quotes. He says, grace is opposed to earning, not opposed to effort. You got to try. But keep that in mind. These are aspirational. This is a vision of life in the kingdom. These are practical steps, habits that we build together. Because as Paul says in verse 25, we are members of one another. Let's dig into the meat of it, shall we? We're going to hone in on two of Paul's instructions in this passage. In verses 26 to 27, he says, Be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger, and do not make room for the devil. Did you catch that? Paul told us to be angry. Yeah. Get mad. Break stuff. No. Be angry, but don't sin, right? Look, we get angry all the time, and it's silly to deny that, isn't it? I get angry when I stump my toe, when I witness overt oppression or injustice. I get angry over a whole gamut of things from insignificant to huge. It's not the anger itself that's the problem. Anger is just an emotion, but what are you going to do with it? Yeah. Paul continues, do not let the sun go down on your anger and do not make room for the devil. Again, it's not the emotion itself that's the problem. It's the violence. It's the violence within me that is ready to rear its ugly head at a moment's notice. I don't know about you, but I am still apprenticed to Jesus. So I'm still learning to do this. I'm still learning to walk this way. I'm still a work in progress. Yeah? It's the nurturing of my anger. It's the coddling of my anger. It's the feeding of my anger. Yeah? When you visit the mountains, as we did recently, you may see signs that say, Don't feed the bears. Because if you do, 
then the bears learn that humans are a, a source of food. Right? Not that they're going to eat the humans, although they may, I suppose. But that you, where you are, there is food nearby. And they'll start breaking into ice chests, even cars and homes, when they come looking for more, if they learn that we are a source of food. Our violent hearts are like hungry bears. It's on the prowl, looking for something to satisfy itself. And if we feed it, it's going to come back for more. It's going to start breaking stuff. Yeah? And you might think, well, I don't really do that much. But like, uh, the guy who cuts you off in traffic and gets a bleep and bleep. Yeah? That might be feeding your anger. All the negative talk about other people uh, as we're out and about and see something that we don't agree with. Or, you know, like, whatever side of the mask thing you're on, right? each other calling each 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 crowd calling the other sheep i don't know about y'all but like in the church that's a compliment when we take to facebook right make vague or not so vague posts about someone when we see someone who supports the other guy instead of our guy when we're offended and ruminate That's often where it begins, isn't it? Offense. Sometimes that violence is even toward ourselves, yeah? When we let that cycle of negative self-talk spiral out of control to the point that we're afraid to even breathe. These are all violent acts born from our violent hearts. Don't feed the bears. Yeah, It's the harboring, it's the cultivating, the watering it, encouraging it to bring forth its fruit. Which in verse 31 says is bitterness, wrath, slander, malice. I'll add to that, contempt, violence. Don't let the sun go down on it. Don't make room for the devil. Don't feed the bears instead verse 32 be kind to one another tender hearted forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you that's good yeah easy peasy (laughs) no but it is something you got to do you can think of this like a spiritual discipline we talk about that a lot for when those violent thoughts or desires begin to well up within us When you get that check from the Spirit, because you will, course correct and practice kindness, compassion, forgiveness instead. Yeah? And over time, as you draw your attention back to the presence of God in the moment that we're all swimming in constantly, as you draw your attention back to how much God loves that person... As you draw your attention back to your own status, as Paul began, as an adopted son or daughter of the king of the cosmos, over time, these become habitual. Over time, these become automatic responses. What's our word for that? Character. You're growing in Christ. That is discipleship. 
By the way, this is a lovely example of why literal translations are not always a good idea. The Greek word translated as tender-hearted here is eusplagnos. That's a cool word. It's a compound word made up of you and splagnos. You means good. Splagnos means your visceral organs. That's your guts. Your bowels. Yeah? Paul says, be kind to one another. Good boweled and forgive one another. Yeah, nowadays we like to use the word heart when we're talking about emotional things, right? Uh, But back then they used bowels or guts. That was the seat of emotion. Cool, huh? So be good gutted. It just means to have compassion and sympathy. Yeah. Don't feed the bears. Instead, be imitators of God. Be kind. Forgive. Have good bowels. Now remember, all of this is framed within that question. But how do we church? So be aware, everything that he's talking about here is not simply about individual change. But communal change. Yes, there are individual implications for us. There are things you need to do, but the point is the community. The point is how we church. All this essentially boils down to to how we grow together as a Christian community. And Paul puts these things that tend to get in the way of that front and center in this passage. The point is how we live in harmony with one another despite our differences. Again, bear with one another in love because this is for everyone. And that means differences. You know what doesn't happen much when everyone agrees and acts the same? Offense. So guess what? You're gonna get mad. If we're doing church right, we are going to bump into each other every so often. But what are you going to do about it? In short, don't feed the bears. Instead, have good bowels. Be mindful. Be kind. Be faithful. Forgive. Be imitators of God. Amen? All right, let's pray.